This episode of AmateurLogic.tv is brought to you by GigaParts.com, the amateur radio online superstore. Between now and July 31st, use the promo code ALTVFREE6 to receive a free gift with your order. MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at MFJEnterprises.com. And by ICOM, the exclusive amateur radio transceiver and repeater supplier for the 2013 Jamboree. Visit ICOMAmerica.com slash National Scout Jamboree for details. Welcome to AmateurLogic.tv, episode 55. I'm George. I'm Tom. And I'm Peter. And it's what? It's great to be back. Isn't that what we always say? Yep, it is great to be back. It is. Boy, we've had a lot going on since uh, the last time we spoke with you. We've, we've had a big time, didn't we, Tom? Yeah, we've covered a few miles. We did. We went to the uh, Hamvention in Dayton, uh, saw a lot of friends there, saw a lot of fans, um, hung out with... Uh, just different folks got a little further through the flea market this year yeah a little bit uh, we still didn't see all of it though we no may, we may have uh come close to half uh maybe that's because they had torn down about half of it before yeah. we got out there <laughs> now tommy did you bring back any pl 259s well you know that's my trademark thing but i'm gonna be honest with you i actually did not buy any pl 259s now, the prices were on PL259, it's kind of like the gold market. You know, they were just up this year. Yeah, they were up. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I got some, I've still got quite a few of them. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> I skipped them this time. But uh, I'll probably get some at the next ham fest. I think this is the first one in a long time. I haven't bought any. Yeah. What's going on down there, Peter? Well, my Raspberry Pi camera arrived. And I'm just showing this on screen oh, for cool. the viewers. This is what it looks like relatively inexpensive have tested it already works okay but it needs a, a reasonable amount of light quite a uh, we'll do something with that make a project out of that for uh, for a future episode cool yeah. what else it's speaking of cool it is kind of cool down there isn't it <laughs> it is it's about 10 degrees celsius uh, on a cool winter's day here in melbourne uh, but it's um beautiful weather outside very uh, no clouds in the sky can't complain at all well, it's what, been in the upper 80s here? Yeah, it's been right at, yeah, right at 90. It's supposed to be like 95 Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah really hot. Um, well, we've got a big show today. We've got all this uh, footage we brought back from Dayton. Plus, Tommy, I think we need to clean off the desk here. Yep, I guess we're going to have to finally let these bad boys go. I think so. It's uh, the time's up. So somebody's going to be winning this a little bit later in the show. We don't know who just yet but we're going to do the drawing here shortly and somebody's going to be real happy yeah i'm pretty excited to see who it is yeah me too well speaking of dayton let's let's get on in and take a look at some of the opening footage we're here bright and early nine o'clock on friday morning they're just about to open the gates here 
and all the hams are going to rush in. So we wanted to get a little shot of that. We've uh, we just arrived, so we really hadn't had a chance to look at much yet. But we do kind of have the uh, Ham Nation Amateurologic booth set up and ready to go. We've met a few friends already that we plan to talk to a little later in the show. And it's going to be a great year, 2013, here at Dayton Hamvention. Tommy, we finally arrived. Man, we're in Ham Nirvana. Again. Boy, what what a great time. And, and as happened last year, we still haven't got all the way through the flea market yet. No, we've hit about a fourth of it, but we're going to have to strike a trot and go that way to make sure we cover it all. We do. There's there's so much to see here. Uh, we have, you know, events and all that we have to participate in, so we're kind of tied up at points during the show, but I don't even think just a ham who showed up here at, at the uh, opening of the event and stayed to the end could see everything that's here. Think somebody called the police? <laughs> I think they did. That was a close call. <laughs> yeah, uh, they stopped for a minute, but uh, I guess what we're doing must be all right. Yeah. Oh, what, what a great time we've had. We've, we've seen all our friends here, a bunch of fans. And we took a group of guys with us last night to the awards banquet. Uh, Gordo and Bob and uh, Ray from ICOM and uh, Martin from MFJ and all had other events they had to be at, and they were on my guest list for it. So uh, we just picked out uh, three guys Three fans happened to be standing there, and they had we all had a great time. Oh, yeah, it was a blast. I enjoyed uh, spending the evening with those guys, chatting with them. Well, Tommy, what do you say uh, we get to shopping? Let's do it. Peter, you couldn't tell from that shot that the flea market is very big. I mean, that was just a tiny little corner of it. It's, a, it's huge. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many acres that thing is, but it's just enormous. It really is. Well, and they fill it, well, obviously, with uh, people coming in from all over the U.S. Uh, yeah, I think just about the whole area there was full. There wasn't any empty space that I know of. Yeah, I didn't notice any. What did people sell there, George? Just about anything you could want, don't they, Tommy? Yeah, new gear, used gear, uh, and antique TVs, jewelry, yeah. any, just about anything, they really. They had hip replacement kits last year. Yeah, they did. Just, <laughs> I started uh, to buy that. You just never know when you're going to need something. No, like you that. really don't. Uh, but, but yeah, Peter, just a, a little bit of everything under the sun. It, if you're looking for parts, that's a great place to look. If you were looking for PL259 connectors, there were plenty there this year, but like we mentioned earlier, the price seemed to be up on them for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it was up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, that was just the flea market area. Inside, it's in a number of separate buildings. And they were all packed this year, too. Yeah, you know your diehard ham, if you're watching the price of PL259, just like, uh, you know... Uh, the stock market? Yeah, big pork futures I, and all that stuff, you know how they do. <laughs> I couldn't help noticing the uh, all the people kind of cramming at the gate wanting to get in. It looked to me like one of those department store sales where, you know, everything is half price for one day and they everybody crams at the front door early in the morning wanting to get in. Yeah, yeah. There were no, no one was trampled or crushed. Yeah, because you don't want to, you really don't want to be close to that gate when they open it up. No, we had to back up. But uh, how many were in attendance? I didn't hear final numbers, but it was something I think better than twenty five thousand. Yeah, I, I haven't heard the numbers either, but I know it was packed. It really was. Yeah. 
Maybe you can make it over to that thing one day, Peter. You'd really enjoy it. You would. One day. One day we'll see. Well, we got a lot of good stuff. What did you get, George? Well, I got a few things here. Tommy, I really didn't make any major purchases this year. I looked for some stuff that uh, I found, but I didn't see the deal I was wanting. So I'll show you that in a future episode on the, the bigger items. But from Dayton, what I got this year... You know, you always can use more of these. Tell me about it. These uh, Those are familiar. Yeah, 110-volt AC um, connectors, male and female, like we're going extension cord. What? These were like a buck a piece, yep. maybe? one dollar each. And, you know, that's a heck of a deal. And you've also always got to um, pick up your crimp terminals when you need them. You know, you can order these things, and you can see the gauge and all that they say in the catalog, but if you can actually physically look at them, you can see what you're getting. And these are big enough, you know, to fit uh, the leads for uh, HF radio. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I always try to pick up a few more of those. And uh, another thing I always have to get is some connectors. You know, you can't have too many audio connectors. And I got a, uh, a handful of um, mini plugs in there and some RCA plugs. And uh, I got a couple of PL259 barrels, you know. You, I was kind of running low on those, uh -huh. so I picked up a few of them, and uh, we ran across some PC board drill bits, so I got a few more of those because they don't last very long, man. I break those things like like teeth. Man, that's like a lifetime worth of them for me. Y yeah, well, no, it wouldn't be once you started drilling, man. <laughs> you can go through a couple pretty quick there. They're pretty fragile. Uh, I bought some Anderson power pole connectors. You know, these are, are good yeah. for putting on your rigs so you can swap them in and out easy. I had a few here that Jim had given me, and I've just kind of got to using them lately, and I said, you know, I, I'll probably need to get some of those. Another thing that was a great deal, this is some rubber splicing tape. This is the kind I use, you know, outdoors on PL259s or anywhere that I want to make a watertight connection. What did we pay for this, wasn't it? It wasn't much, two no. or three dollars. Two or three dollars for this yeah. big roll here. Really, you need some of this stuff if you're uh, if you're going outside. I like it better than coax seal because it doesn't get so gooey, and you can mm -hmm. actually cut through it and reuse that connector later. But yeah, that's good stuff right there. Great stuff there. And one other thing I got, and I think you got one of these too. Mm -hmm. A guy came by the first day and he said, "I saw somebody out there." giving away these Type-N connectors. So I got y'all some. So yeah. you got me one, got yeah, you got one. I, I don't know why anybody would give these away, but uh, thanks. Well, it was mighty nice of them, though. Yeah. Nice nice, nice of him to uh, think about it and bring us a couple. It, it was. It was. Yeah, appreciate that. What have you got over there, Tommy? You got a big bag Man, of stuff. I hope I don't hurt my back bringing all this up here. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff. I got uh, one of my best things I got is my Bob book. Yeah. You got uh, one of those, didn't you? I did. Uh, a Howl Ham Radio yeah. Handbook. Yeah, I got one, a, too. This is an awesome book. Signed. And, you know, Bob is, uh, I talked with him last night. He's going to be sending us some of those to use his prizes. Oh, awesome. That's great. Yeah. Really good book. Yeah. I got, uh, man, I got so much stuff in here I can't even get to it. One of my best things I got not just one of them actually it's a lot of stuff it's a uh, got a uh, solar panel kit flexible from the solar film guy 
They make yeah. these. They make these for the army, and during hamvention. Boy, I bet that's loud on the microphone. <laughs> it really is loud on the microphone. Good thing my earbud fell out. But uh, it's Boy, huge. this is big. Yeah, tell me about it. This is incredible, man. I'm so psyched about this. I didn't know it was this big. That is a man-sized solar panel right there. I tell you, man, if you can't charge it with this, you need to go buy a new set of uh, D-cells or something. Yeah, this this is incredible. So anyway, uh, you'll be seeing this on the segment here in the very, very yes. near future. Got a uh, charge controller for it and some various and assorted uh, connectors to, to hook it up. Wow. Yeah, and you do need a charge controller with uh, yeah. one of these. He also uh, he also gave a few of these uh, smaller ones, these metal ones here. Yeah, those are cool. What was the the purpose on that? He, he told I, I, us. I forget what he told us. Told us they used them for. It. I think maybe they built this for. Uh, I don't remember if it was army or who it was for, but yeah. Well, those, the the one with the camo was built for the army, but uh, during uh, hamvention he brings those out there. If they had a defect, like in the canvas, maybe the hole got punched in the wrong place or something yeah. like that, they bring them out there and sell them. Hamvention, it's a uh, power film. Some of the other things I got, I got the uh, the software for charging my. I'm sorry for uh, programming my IC92. Handy talkie. Mm -hmm. uh, finally broke down and got that. I used to program it the hard way, and I uh, finally got that down. So down decided to take the easy way. Well, you got out. the cable too, huh? Yeah, okay. got the cable too with the special connector on it. Okay. Cool. But uh, it's nice. This is the uh, RT Systems one. Mm -hmm. um, I got one of the uh, Type N connectors, just like yeah. you. You can't pass up free Type N connectors, yeah. man. Those are great, and I got a pair of the uh, extension cord ends as well. Actually got an extension cord sitting at home waiting for me to put those on, so I probably should have got more. You should have. You yeah. can't get too many. Then I got uh, a few of the connectors from power supplies, a uh, roll of the tape, just mm -hmm. like yours. It looks like I followed you around, doesn't it? It does. So I, when, when you I got think some, I saw you there. You, yeah, you probably did. I tried to be uh, incognito, but, yeah. <laughs> but every time you found the good deals, I bought some of them too, so... But I did get a bunch of uh, heat shrink, too. And that was a pretty good deal on that heat shrink, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like a well, dollar pack yeah. or something like that. It wasn't much. It was pretty yeah. cheap. But uh, needed some of that. So, no, Peter, we didn't come back with any brand-new radios or anything like that. But we got a lot of neat little things that, you know, that's that's really what I like to do is hit the flea markets and, and find the parts and things that I need or something that's such a good deal I just can't pass it up. Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot. Just all kind of stuff out there. Actually, on the subject of heat shrink, uh, I've always been a bit puzzled about once you've actually got some heat shrink, how do you actually shrink it? Do you use a, uh, a hair dryer or what, or do you use a lighter or what? Peter, I can't believe you've never used heat shrink before, but you use anything that's hot. You can uh, use a heat gun. You can use a lighter. You can use a soldering iron. Yeah, most of the time I use the lighter for mine, but if I have very big, I, sometimes I get the heat gun out for it. Yeah. You know, I actually did buy some and tried it, but it wouldn't shrink for me. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I didn't have it hot enough. Was that another one of those good deals from China? <laughs> no, no, no. It was actually my local uh, electronics store. It should have worked. It really should have shrunk for you. You so. must not have got it hot enough. Mm, yeah. It, it, you do have to get it pretty hot. Yeah. It won't burn either. You know, it, it'll oh, really okay. take it. Well, 
we talked to a number of vendors and all while we were there, and we ran across a guy that had a lot of crystal radios. We ran into Phil Anderson here at W0XI. Good to meet you, Phil. What is this booth you're at here? Well, I'll tell you what. It's, uh, it, it, it's a booth uh, all about crystal sets. And uh, the, re- the reason that we're, it, we do it is primarily educational. My wife was a teacher before we retired, and uh, we actually started this before we retired uh, in uh, uh, practically exactly 20 years ago. And uh, over that period of time, uh, all kinds of educational material on crystal sets, uh, uh, Galena detectors. Uh, so is this Galena right here? Yeah, that's a that's a box of Galena. And if you're a, a basketball fan, don't you think that looks like a Jayhawk there? Uh, I, th- I think we just got that number one player instead of Kentucky or North Carolina. Anyway. Uh, so that's a big hunk of galena, and out of that you, you end up with a small part that you would mount in some woods metal and with a little cat whisker. And this, this makes the early uh, diode detector for AM transmitters. So that was the, that was the, uh, the home radio for people way back when. And the, the reason you still look at it is it's educational and a good background to kind of get into that. And then you can build a, this would be very old traditional set with a coil and a, and a diode. Most people today use a diode like this, a one in, nine, uh, one in 34 diode, but that's the traditional way of doing it. Do you have any with the blued razor blade? Uh, we, we don't do those. The blue blades are hard to find anymore, and, uh, but, but you could take a piece of copper and... Uh, and uh, with candle wax and uh, try to make your own detectors that way, or there's chemical detectors you can make also. And I actually made one by taking a single-edge razor blade and heating it up real hot with a torch, and sure. that, that, that worked. Yeah, then you get a little carbon on there, and carbon, carbon and steel as a combination is another detector. So these are all, all diode, forms of diode detection. And... Uh, most of the early diodes that were formed with glass like this one are point contact diodes. And then later, when you get inside a transistor, you end up with a semiconductor diode uh, in various forms of, of that. So any one of them works good as an AM detector. So, so yeah, these just evolved. And then you have something like an antenna tuner to, to maximize the signal. And um, then, uh, well, in this case, we've actually used a JFET behind here. This would not be considered a crystal set because it's also assisted by a battery to bias the JFET. So this would not be uh, traditional. Some uh, traditionalists would say, oh, that's not a crystal set. But it still is an AM radio kit or AM radio set. And so uh, you learn a little bit about that. And then some of the things that have occurred uh, over 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. The first one appeared uh, around the 70s was a... A radio on a chip it was called the Ferranti chip. Uh, these are uh, once again now made uh, in China. We import these, and this is a little a radio on a chip. And you can combine that with a coil and a battery, and uh, end up making yourself a uh, a radio that way that has quite a bit of pickup. Even though it's a toroid here, I can sit this down and pick up three or four. Uh, stations in Kansas City, no ground, no antenna. So, uh, or if you replace it with a ferrite rod, 
you can pick up quite a few stations in the evening but without the assistance of an antenna. But it's a radio on a chip, which is down in the bottom here. And then we added an audio amplifier to that, so you could, you could sit in the room and listen to it. So, But all of these are uh, early radio, AM radio-based. That's, that's, that's the essence of it. So your website is MidnightScience.com? Yeah, it is. And uh, my son-in-law had come up with that name because uh, he had done the early website for us, and uh, he was doing it at midnight. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's good. Appreciate you talking with us. Yeah, you know, nice to talk to you, George. Crystal radio sets are an uh, interesting thing and a great project, you know, if you're just getting in or if you're an old-timer. Well, in, in, in any case, kids kids are building them and always get that big smile on their face the first time they hear it. Yeah, yeah thank you. All right, thank you. Those are so much fun, man. They really are. You know, I, I've built a few of them before, and... I never really got one to work till I was older in life. I could really? never get one to work when I was a kid. I, I built one when I was about 12, maybe. But uh, actually, I used a kit, a uh, Radio Shack kit. But it was so much fun. Well, I had two or three kits when I was a kid, but never got any of them to work. I guess I just, you know, I was probably 30 miles to the closest radio station. Maybe that was just stretching it. But uh, yes. Actually, the um, uh, there's an art to building crystal sets. It isn't to build a good crystal set. It's not as easy as it looks. Um, you've uh, got to get a good design. Uh, the classic L and C with a diode and perhaps a capacitor is perhaps not the optimal uh, design for a, a crystal set. Yeah, uh, you know, I built one on Ham Nation here. Oh, I don't know, a little over a year ago, and. Uh, you know, it came with a diode, and I replaced that out with the blued razor blade, like I mentioned on here, and it still worked. And, you know, it was a lot of fun and not very hard to do. Well, Tommy, you know, it costs a lot to go to Dayton and shoot all this video. What do you say we pay for it? Let's do that. Built to last, the ICOM 7410 is the only rig in its class rated for 100% duty cycle, making it the best choice for ready, contesting, and digital modes. Get more performance for your money with its best-in-class dual conversion receiver, greatly reducing internal phase noise insertion points. The 7410's large LCD screen makes it easy to operate its more advanced features, and the USB port makes it simple to connect to your PC for rig control, logging, or digital modes. No other radio in its class can deliver the performance or reliability offered by the ICOM IC7410. Gigaparts is the largest independent amateur radio dealer in the nation. Everything you need for ham radio, including books, DVDs, antennas, rope, coax, and tuners. Gigaparts has it all and is open Monday through Saturday. Call us toll-free at 866-535-4442, and our friendly staff will be happy to help you find the right products for nearly any project and budget. Online shopping made easy with real-time pricing and availability and free shipping on most orders. Go to gigaparts.com and enter to win a free radio. Have a question? Click on Live Chat for a quick answer. Low prices? Huge selection. America's favorite ham radio store is Gigaparts. Use the promo code ALTVFREE6 
now through July the 31st, and you'll get a free gift with your order. It can be a, a hat, a pen, some cookies, a thumb drive, just uh, various little things there. And they're going to throw something free in the box for you when you use that promo code. And, and do let them know when you call that you heard about GigaParts on Amateur Logic. They like to hear from the viewers and, and know that uh, the message is getting out. And usually you can find your best deal there, too. Yeah, they got great prices. They do. Uh, you know, speaking of building stuff, we were talking about the crystals a moment ago. I ran into my old pal Joe Eisenberg out there. Oh, awesome. Well, I ran into my old friend here, Joe Eisenberg. Joe, good to nice see, see you, you again. George. And we, we uh, Huntsville was the last one we did. Yes, and that's always a lot of fun uh, at the end of the summer. Uh, I always say the beginning of the uh, warm weather season is Dayton, and the end of it is Huntsville. Yeah, it was a l- little more pleasant in Huntsville this year. It's raining out there right now to beat the band. But it's a good time to come inside and look for the goodies and all the new kits. There are quite a few here this year. What have you seen that caught your eye? Wow, there are several. One of them is the Hendrix kit uh, from QRPKits.com. And they're selling them here. It's called the Survivor 75. And what it is, a lot of people don't like kits because they think they got to know CW. Because a majority of kits have to do with CW. Well, this one is not CW. It is 75-meter single sideband. And it puts out 10 watts, so it is QRP. You can drive small amplifiers with it. And get, of course, a lot more output if you have an, an amplifier like your Tokyo High Power and that kind of thing if you want to do that. If you want to run it barefoot, you're going to get 10 watts of single sideband, but there's a digital display option and even a microphone that you can get for it. And uh, it's kind of a package deal. What's neat about it, like I said, is it's 75 meters single sideband, not, not CW. Yeah, I stopped by over at uh, uh, QRP Kits and... Um Spoke with them, got a couple of things I'm going to be building in the future here. I, I don't even remember which ones they were right now, but uh, they, they had some good-looking stuff there. Yeah, they have the Weber Tribander, which I built last year, and that's an interesting kit. It also has a digital display, and that's standard with that kit. And it has a keyer built into it, and now they have an option to work the five fixed-frequency 60-meter channels. Uh, that kit lets you choose any band from 80 through, uh, I think, 17 meters, 17 or 12 meters. And you can pick any combination of three bands. And one of those bands can be 60 meters if you want. And they added that option because that is a CW rig, and now we're allowed to use CW on 60 meters. Yeah, that was an interesting-looking kit. And, uh, yeah, I guess there's really not any 60-meter kits out there except for this maybe, huh? Yeah, that is the very first kit that covers the 60-meter band, and it uses a DDS, direct digital synthesizer, and the synthesizer chip is actually a, a very compact surface mount part. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is the surface mount parts are already put onto the board for you, so you don't have to do any surface mount. All you do is the through-hole parts. But... You know, uh, except for the really small stuff, I'm not afraid of surface mount, and I know you're not either. Well, I, I kind of do it when I need to. They do make surface mount kits. In fact, uh, uh, Hendrix has an SMK2 CW transceiver uh, that is all surface mount. But what's interesting about that one is if you use the solder paste method, uh, you're able to do it with an uh, embossing heat tool and melt the uh, 
solder on it. So all you need is the tweezers, and you put these little drops from a medical syringe on the pads, and you set the parts down on it, and you heat it up, and it just melts, and then you take the heat away, and you got yourself an instant board. That's my favorite way to do surface mount stuff. Now, you you can do it with an iron, but why? I mean, once you've done it with a hot air embossing gun or a rework gun or whatever, it it really is a lot of fun. Yep, and the other bargain I picked up was at the Four Days in May vendor night, and that was on Thursday night. That's kind of an interesting night because they catch everybody while their pockets are still full. <laughs> and somebody was selling a vacuum desoldering tool. It's a soldering iron that has one of those vacuum bulbs on it and a hollow tip. And it was $20 in a hard plastic case, brand new, and extra tips. And I thought that's a good deal. So that's going to be something I'll probably be showing off in the near future as well because it's a great help when you're building kits because that hollow tip iron lets you suck the solder clean out of a plated through hole. Well, you know, I've got one that uh, it's like a solder sucker. It's an iron with a hollow tip and you cock it and you hit the button, but it really doesn't. Uh, it kind of works, but I, I end up going back to Solderwick so much. That's on my shopping list this year, and I haven't found it yet. I want a good, inexpensive uh, desoldering gun or desoldering station. Have you seen anything here? Well, I've seen a few. Uh, uh, besides the tool that I saw, uh, there was a couple of things over at uh, ACDC, and there were a couple over at EAE Sales, and a uh, few scattered inside the building here. Well, I'm going to, I still haven't made it all the way through the building yet, and probably won't be able to before this is over. Uh, There's just so much to see here, but I'm going to do some more looking out because I've, I've always avoided buying one of those because I thought they were just way too expensive. But if I can find something between 100 200 bucks. I, I think it's time to pick it up because I'm spending that much on solder wick now, it seems. Yeah, he has some tools. In fact, there's one called the Heiko 808, and he has some refurbished ones that are under $200. Now, it looks like a big soldering gun like the old days, but it actually has a vacuum and everything in it. And all you do is you put that hollow tip down on your uh, connection, and you pull the trigger, and it sucks it up into the gun. So it's all in one piece. It's kind of big. But the tip is small enough, and it works really, really good. In fact, that's kind of the, the tool that's probably the most popular amongst kit builders. Now, I've seen that one, and I looked at it. I was kind of leaning away from a gun because I was thinking, oh, that's kind of heavy. But you're saying that is that is a real popular one, huh? It's very popular. And uh, the neat thing about that is, as opposed to your plungers or your bulb-type desoldering tools is, as long as you're pulling that trigger, you're still bringing air in through that hole. So one that might be a little more stubborn, it can take care of that. Cool. Well, what else have you been into since we last spoke? Uh, you, uh, you build something every month, don't you? Yes. Uh, one of the things I was involved in the uh, prototype build of the Cyclone 40-meter CW transceiver for the Four States QRP group. And now... It's, it's for sale in its final form. And when I wrote the article for the March issue, it didn't have all the features that we put into the final build. The final build of the Cyclone, which is a neat kit, is it is a CW transceiver, but it's tuned with a PTO. It's kind of like a, a slug-tuned type oscillator. Very, very stable. But what's interesting about it is it has a little button on the front. When you push the button, it tells you in CW what frequency you're on. So it is a CW transceiver for 40 meters, but it tells you what frequency you're on when you push the button. That's cool. Um, 
Have you played with any of the Arduino or Raspberry Pi or any of that type of stuff? You know, I haven't, but I'm told that somebody just left me a kit in our booth, and I'm going to be uh, working on one. Uh, apparently, it's a TNC to be used with the Raspberry Pi and uh, a way to do packet with a Raspberry Pi. And I think that's a really cool deal. The Raspberry Pi kind of lends itself to add-ons that can be put in kit form, uh, as is the Arduino. I have not really done a lot with it yet. Uh, however, in the May issue of CQ, you'll see I am working with an Arduino-based open QRP transceiver. And what it is, it uses the Arduino as a frequency counter, as well as for memory and control functions on this radio. So it, it's very interesting. It's also the, the CW keyer and so forth, all in the Arduino. So uh, when I say I haven't done Arduinos, that's not quite true. I am working with it, but I have not done the, the Arduino with the shields and stuff yet. But there's, I, I, I just got my feet wet out in the exhibit area. In fact, I saw that um, the... Uh, Mad Scientist Supply from Wisconsin yeah. has a whole set of different types of Arduinos and shields. And they're out in the flea market? No, they're inside. Okay. They're inside in the North Hall. I'm going to have to stop by. They have some neat stuff in Huntsville. And, and I'm just starting to get into to that myself. I've done a few small things. I just bought a, a, an expensive uh, Ethernet shield from my Arduino. It was like, what, I think 18 bucks. So now I'm looking for that project. To, to where I can put an Arduino into full-time use for something. They have all the shields that you need, and I was surprised at how much Arduino uh, uh, equipment they have there. And it's, it's pretty reasonably priced. And what's neat is uh, you can program it. There's a lot of programs you can download. It's all usually open source and freeware. But the neat thing is if you take the time to learn how to program it, you can modify the program yourself and add your own features. It's really not that difficult. I'm a programmer, of course, but, um, you know, I don't know that language that it's in, but you just look at it. It's pretty common sense. You can find all the different examples and just take the pieces of the different ones you want and put it, you know. And copy and paste them in. Well, Joe, it sure was good to speak with you again. Good to see you, George, and congratulations on your Ham of the Year Award. It's well-deserved. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I guess we'll be seeing you in Huntsville in a few months. You bet. I look forward to it. 73. 73's George. You know, it's always fun to run into Joe at these places, man. He, he and I are the, a kindred spirit. Yeah, he's a, he's a sharp dude. He is, he really is, and he, he shares it all in CQ Magazine. You know, he said I won a ham of the year. That wasn't actually correct. It was uh, the Special Achievement Award for right. this year. But uh, they didn't yeah, give well, a ham of the year. Congratulations, award. George, from Dad Under. Oh, thank you, Peter. I'm still waiting on the award to show up. It should be sitting right here out front. I talked to uh, Michael Coulter of the uh, awards committee earlier this week, and he said it had not been shipped out yet, and he would be getting it to me in just a few days here. So, Cool. Yeah, that'll be cool. I didn't want to stick that nice glass award in the suitcase with all my tripods and other stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that with the airlines. No, I wouldn't either. Um you know, we shot a lot of other stuff there that doesn't really fit any particular category and doesn't have any narration with it. What do you say we take a look at that and uh, let's talk about it? Oh, cool. Okay, these are the guys that gave me the solar panel we just showed. And by the way, that was 60-watt panel. Boy, they have a nice selection of them there. I did not get by their booth. There's one you got, Tommy. Yeah, that's some great stuff. This was from uh, 
WW battery I see. Yeah. This is a tapper kit right here. That I think that's Tucson Amateur. I can't remember what it stands for, but it's Tucson. <laughs> yeah. There was all kind of cable, wire, connectors, man, just pretty much everything you could think of out there. Yeah. I didn't pick up any cable this year. Oh, and there's uh, Gary Pierce. <laughs> that, that went by pretty quick. It did. <laughs> there's the Yezu booth. And, uh, Stop by for the obligatory handy talkie checkouts. Well, I didn't know they had that many. Yeah, the, the two on the end there are the digital ones they've got, but mm. there's no repeaters to mm. supply. RT systems, capacitors, I think. So, Lots of little yeah. parts. There's all kinds of guys there with displays like this, man. You really take some time to look through. Ground strap, I should have bought some of that. You should have bought me some, too. Man, they had some Mondo capacitors, like the size of a Coke can over there. Wow. Copper strap. Uh, that's pretty good size bead. That's a big toroid <laughs> there. <laughs> good selection of them too. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, just all kinds of adapters. I bet there's some PL two fifty nines there, Tommy, and you missed them. Uh, I didn't miss them. <laughs> the, you know, I intended on buying some some more beads, but I, yeah. I didn't. And this was at the ICOM dealer dinner out at the Voice of America. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun, man. It was. And, and while we were there, we got a, a private tour of the Voice of America. And we're going to have a special program in the future featuring that. Of course, desserts. Dessert time. Yum-yum. Yeah, there's the arena, Peter. Uh, a lot of the vendors are down there. But uh, the, the, the ham fest was in quite a few rooms, plus outside. Yeah. Look, so is it is it just in the arena, or is there like a second arena? Or? Uh, no, there are a bunch of rooms. This uh, attached go off of here, and there's a hallway where a bunch of stuff is, and then quite a few large rooms uh, also, and then plus the stuff outside. But wow. the size is just incredible. I believe this used to be uh, used for sporting events, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But I don't think Look they at, use it for anything yeah. else anymore except the I don't know. There's, there's every kind of antenna you could imagine there. I think that's some of the Cushcraft ones. There's Buddy Pole, uh, DX Engineering, uh, Ham Radio Outlet. All the major uh, dealers were there. Yeah, as well as that, vendors. Uh, that's the one you want, isn't it? Yeah, I'd like to have one of those. It's uh, 80 meters, pretty much all. All band vertical, yeah. And there's that Cushcraft we featured a, a few weeks back, I think, a R9. Uh, yeah, just a, a lot of empty seats up there because everybody was down on the floor at this point. <laughs> there's one guy taking a break. I reckon everybody would have been cooking in RF with all those trans, uh, <laughs> yeah. antennas are transmitting. Yeah, if they had something to connect it to them, that. You could uh, warm your lunch up up there. Yeah, you sure could. Uh, and there's some nets up there, Tommy. I think they're still using that for some kind of sporting event. Uh, American flag. And I'm not sure we'll use all of this stuff here. That, that raises a good question. Did you see a lot of people um, coming in from uh, overseas for this uh, event? Oh, yes. It's... Uh, we, as a matter of fact, we talked with some guys from uh, Qatar and, mm -hmm. and the U.K. and Germany and just, just all over. 
Uh, I have a friend, uh, uh, Peter Cossens, who I believe went uh, went over there a year or two ago. And uh, so uh, we, we do get Australians going over from time to time. We met Peter. Yeah, and there's uh, the CQ magazine booth there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were giving out some sample copies, I believe. And you can see Kenwood is right behind them there. There's free DV. There was a lot of uh, a lot of interest there, a lot of people talking. Didn't really see anything on it but this one booth. There's the uh, ham radio outlet. Uh, the Nuts and Bolts magazine. You know, I just subscribed to that, Tommy. I got that free issue there, and I liked it so much. Yeah, yeah that's a good magazine. And there's MFJ bringing some of their parts. They've got a, a lot of linear and tuner parts there. There's Comet. And they've got some interesting new antennas as well. Uh, they showed me one that was just a little, I guess you'd call it a fiberglass fin there. And I believe maybe that was VHF and UHF, but look at that little thing, man. That's interesting. Yeah, pretty compact size. I need to put one of those in my truck so you have something else to give me a rough time. Uh, yeah, I bet that works as good as a glass mount. When you they're dual banders. But they're not right. They're not on the market yet. These are the prototypes, but they're they're coming soon. Huh. Be VHF, UHF. You know, obviously no gain. Right. Uh, magnetically attached. Wow. To the vehicle. So what that's is that? Is cool, that an man. antenna? Yeah. Or it looks like a, an iron. No, that's a, like a. It does look like an iron. Yeah. It's an antenna, and they had their uh, selection of watt meters there and uh, antenna analyzers and such. Uh, there's a new analyzer there. It's kind of interesting looking. Yeah. Alenco was there, of course, uh, showing their latest. And there's the Kenwood booth with the new 990 in it and, uh, and, and all their products. What a great time, man. We just, uh, we, you just can't see it in that length of time. Yeah, it really needs to be extended one more day. One more day. We're, we'll be rooting for that. We want everyone to write. No, don't do that. <laughs> it would be good, though, because it's just not enough time. Even even barring, uh, you know, if we weren't shooting video or doing anything else, mm-hmm. it's still not really quite enough time to see all of it if you just... Yeah. Um, it's just too much. Yeah. To be honest, you know, we went out there... Um, with plans on shooting video and such. And then since I won an award this year, we had several things we had to attend because of that. And so most of our time was spent doing that kind of stuff. But still, I, you know, you, you, there's no way you could have seen it all if you just, you know, were there for the whole thing and didn't have any agenda. Yeah. You know, MFJ sent us uh, some antennas here to play with, Tom. I don't know if you've seen this one yet. No, I haven't. That's the one I'm thinking oh, cool. you need for your truck, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And they also sent one of these right here. It's like, here, it's like the Outbacker. Yeah. Let's take a look. If you could get a 10-band mobile whip that covered 75, 80, 40, 30, 20, 17, 15, 12, 10, 6, and 2 meters, how much would it cost? Would you believe just $69.95? The MFJ-1699 is similar in design to another popular HF mobile antenna that costs over four times as much. Tuning the antenna is as easy as moving the wonder lead to the desired band tap on the coil and adjusting the top whip for the lowest VSWR. The MFJ-1699 handles 200 watts PEP and is available with either a PL-259 or 3 quarter 24 stud to fit most mounts. 
If you're looking for an economical multiband mobile antenna, the MFJ-1699 is hard to beat. How would you like to increase the range of your handy talkie with a higher gain antenna that you can roll up and put in your pocket when it's not in use? MFJ's Flexit Antennas are the answer. MFJ-1717 Flexit Antennas are VHF-UHF dual-band rubber duck style antennas that successfully bend and remain in most any shape needed. You can bend them out of your way when they're on your belt or in awkward positions. In fact, they're so flexible and bendable, you can tie them in a knot or roll them up and stick them in your shirt pocket. The antennas are precision factory tuned for lowest SWR. On 2 meters, it's a quarter wave antenna. On 440, it's a half wave giving 2.15 dBi of gain. High Q, low loss construction gives these rugged antennas maximum power. It's available with BNC PL259 SMA male or SMA female connectors to fit most handy talkies, including the new Chinese units. And it's covered by MFJ's one year, no matter what, limited warranty. Check out the MFJEnterprises.com website today for these and other unique antenna products. And those are some nice-looking antennas. They are. I mean, you know, relatively inexpensive on that HF antenna, but that's a lot of bands, you know, for 69 bucks. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, uh, that'd be great for my uh, my truck. I need HF back on my truck. You do. You know, for, for that kind of money, you know, you could put it on there and... Uh, just use it whenever you wanted to use it, and you got all your bands right there. It's not like a screwdriver you had, but still. Yeah, it's not, and uh, and it's actually kind of compact, so I, I've got a tree problem there where I park. So if I put a real big one on there, it, it hits the trees. Yeah. Well, you know, we ran into Bob Heil out there, of course. We spent some time with Bob, as we do every year, and, and always enjoy it. And we did a little interview. Tommy, look who I found. It's me, Bob Heil. We're just having too much fun, aren't we, Tommy? Oh, man, we're having a blast. It's really great. Uh, Dayton is, I, don't, I haven't heard any numbers this year, but it's pretty large this year. I, I think it could be over what it was last year. But it doesn't make any difference how many people were here. It's the quality of things that happen. There's so much. You can't see it all. And, of course, we get stuck behind these booths, as you know, and you can't see all of what you wanted. But... Uh, I know that uh, there's a lot of people here talking about some of the new stuff, so it's really fun to be part of it. Yeah, I was talking with Michael uh, yesterday, and he said he thought the attendance was up from last year, which last year was a really good year, so... What, that's over 25,000 then. And they've had, I know they had more vendors this year. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had told me that a few weeks ago. Uh, so uh, that was a very, very nice thing to hear, that there's more vendors. Because there's some new companies doing new things. And here we are. Yeah, great. What did you see that was exciting? Oh, man, the whole thing. The whole thing's exciting. Uh, the The best part of it, I think, to me, is meeting all the people that watch us and uh, telling how much they appreciate what we're doing and stuff, and and hearing about the people that have come to ham radio from watching the shows and exactly. things like that. Exactly. That kind of drives us to keep going. That's right. And I personally am so thrilled that George got the special award. Well deserved, my friend. That's really cool. Yeah, that was great. You know, I guess the the biggest honor last night, the awards banquet, is. Uh, when the president told me that I have got him into soldering. There you go. Yeah, well, and a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Isn't that great? 
It makes you feel good, doesn't it? Well, it does, and my, my evil plan is working. We're getting people to build stuff, to get their ham tickets, and th- that's great. Uh, that's super. Uh, one of them came by yesterday, said he wanted to buy a soldering iron, and he couldn't find one here. That's what he told me. I said, you go out there. There's got to be somebody that's selling soldering irons. And go down and talk to Roger. I think Roger's got some at R&L. So <laughs> there you go. Look at all these people you're turning on to soldering. Isn't it cool? Yeah. And, and you know, it's always um, been fairly easy to do. All you got to do is burn your fingers a few times and you learn. That's right. It's not impossible for you to solder. Tommy's been looking for... Um, PL259s, that's his big thing. And I, I think the um, the prices have gone up, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They're about a dollar more per connector from what we paid last year. And you have to be careful. There's some real junk out there, PL259s, that melt when you... Yeah. Yeah. I, I want the old uh, the old good Telfine kind. And uh, uh, WB0W is where I've been getting some of my good ones, and uh, they've been doing well. They've got some here. But uh, it's tough. you got to be real careful when you buy connectors today because the, uh, the insulation inside them, if it's just plastic or whatever... You know, I used to buy... Uh, a lot of audio connectors, the, the mini plugs, the RCAs and stuff here. But the last few years, that metal's looking pretty thin in there. It is. And the insulation's terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like the old switchcrafts from years ago when we were at a, uh, in the height of the uh, switchcraft days. So kind of bad. Or Amphenol, Nutrix, all those guys. Yeah, that's, uh, it's hard. So you got to be careful when you do that. But you, you can learn all of this by watching what you and Tommy and the guys do on Amateur Logic. It's such a service. You probably don't realize what a big service that is. And I mean service in the fact that people learn things from you. So we appreciate what you guys are doing on your, your broadcasts. They're terrific. Well, thank you, Bob. You know, we're just having fun, aren't we, Tommy? Oh, yeah. We just happen to be having a good time and turning point of the camera at ourselves, so people tend to want to watch it for some reason. Yeah, but the byline of the whole thing and the the cause of the what happens out here is wonderful because these people learn things. They find out how easy it is, and that, that's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. We continue to have fun and raise the spirits of ham radio, and we know there are hundreds and hundreds of people getting involved with the hobby and getting their license and it's true from watching the fcc numbers so you're a part of that that's really cool it is cool and you know i'm just having fun and this is just a side effect i want to ask you about your book bob have you been kind of swamped with uh, do you have rogers cramp no, I don't have Roger's cramp, but we've signed a lot of them, hundreds of them here. It's, uh, I wrote this back in 1976. It was the Little Red Book. And uh, we went through several printings. And, and I said, oh, it, nobody's going to be wanting this anyway. Well, it started with Gordon, really. A lot of teachers came to me some years ago and said, you've got to put this red book back together. And I'm saying, well, it, it's going to be work to it to do, and I don't think it's worth it. Well, yeah, it is. Well, bottom line is, there's been a lot of people, there's four or five of them, that's really put their heart into making all of this happen. And then I, I wrote a lot of new chapters about things today. And uh, there's a lot about phased arrays. And as you know, I've proven that on the uh, Ham Nation shows. Uh, phased arrays is amazing. When you get 20 dB front to back on 75 meters or 40 meters, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. The secret is a piece of coax, the right length. That's it. 
And so many guys would think, oh, phased array, and you think about all kinds of things, a lot of expense. No, no. It's wire. Huh? It's wire. Yeah, it's wire. But the right kind of wire in the right place. And there's all kinds of things in here uh, that we bought in, the new stuff. And um, I'm really quite proud of what happened because the team that helped me put it together has just been success, uh, sensational, and it's the sex of this book. The success will come when all of the guys start coming back to me. I learned something, and that's what happened with the Little Red Book. So uh, Heil Ham Radio Handbook, and it, uh, all the dealers have it now. So we're really happy, and we introduced it here. We're happy with the results of it. So uh, we'll see where we go from here. But one thing about it, just like the shows you do, it's teaching guys on a simple level, not third-degree engineers, because that's how most of us learned. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to continue that and carry that tradition on. That's what ham radio is all about, especially for me. I love it when I hear people come into the hobby and say, wow, because of, of ham nation and amateur logic and all the things that are out there now, we learn things from you. And that was great. And, and hearing so many of them, I had heard of ham radio, but I didn't know what it was. And I saw y'all, and it looked like fun. And 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 boy, Gordo's such a resource too. You know, my my son just took his technician and passed it with a hundred percent. He's going for the general next month, using Gordo's books. He didn't want to just go through the question pool. He wanted to understand what was going on. And and he said the book was really good. That it really helped him to understand it well bob we appreciate everything hey, you do for ham radio thank you same to you and and tommy all you guys are work everybody does it's really super so thanks for coming yeah oh it's been a pleasure it's always a pleasure all right we'll see you on the other side of the screen and greetings to all of your audience and uh, stay tuned uh, there's a lot lots more to come Bob is such a nice guy, man. Oh, man, he is. He's great. Gen- genuine nice guy. He re- really is. does so much for ham radio. He does. And, uh, you, you know, I'm just honored to, to be able to work with him some. And uh, and we've, we've both gotten to know him fairly well through seeing him at these different Oh, yeah, events I always enjoy stuff. getting a visit with yeah. him. Uh, and hopefully we'll see him over in Huntsville. I don't know if he's coming. Are you coming? Absolutely. I am, too. And we're going to see Joe there. He he is going to be at Huntsville this year. So uh, I think our friend Tom Samasico is going to be there. Now, if we could just get Peter to come on. <laughs> One day, baby. Yeah. So it's a fair, fair way to come. Well, it is. It's not a weekend <laughs> trip, that's for sure. Yeah, I bet you Ray will be there. I know Ray will be there. And, you know, ICOM is... Uh, it's talking about the Boy Scouts this month. K2BSA, the official radio station for the National Office of the Boy Scouts of America, will be very active in July. Next month is the 2013 National Scout Jamboree. Don't just be a contact, be an ambassador to this incredible hobby. Amateurs operating the K2BSA stations will receive a commemorative powered by ICOM K2BSA QSL card. Talk to the Scouts and share the magic of amateur radio. The National Jamboree takes place over 10 days from July 15th through 24th. The event is held once every four years. This year's event will be held at the Summit Bechtel Reserve in West Virginia. This summit is the new permanent home of the Jamboree. This year, K2BSA and Chairman Jim Wilson, K5ND, will be live at the summit. Four ICOM 7200s, two 9100s, and one 7600 will be engaged in HF demonstrations. Satellite communication and a contact with the International Space Station are also scheduled. Three ICOM 2820s will monitor the repeaters, Echolink, and D-Star. 
Go to K2BSA's Jamboree Live webpage for on-the-air frequencies and information on how to engage with K2BSA while on the site www.k2bsa.net slash jamboree live. ICOM is the exclusive amateur radio transceiver and repeater supplier for the 2013 Jamboree. Check out the K2BSA website at www.k2bsa.net for updates on the 2013 National Scout Jamboree. And make sure you visit ICOM America's website at www.icomamerica.com slash National Scout Jamboree for additional BSA information. Well, we ran across our friend Ray at ICOM here, and uh, it's not a not a uh, visit to Hamvention without stopping in and say hi to you. Well, I appreciate it. We've had a good time this year. Uh, good crowds coming through the booth. A lot, of, a lot of demonstrations here, as well as some of the presentations that we streamed online and who knows, maybe you guys get a chance to look at them. I know George was in one yesterday that, we've, that we'll have streamed on there. So, uh, good show for us. Oh, great. So, they will be archived so you can go back and see them later. Uh, yes, we did archive. There's actually three different uh, days that we did videoing. All day Thursday, a contest university out of room number one. On Friday, we did uh, three hours of D-Star Infocom. And then Saturday, out of our booth, there was... I think seven different presentations. One of them, unfortunately, we've got to take down off of our stream tonight. It was uh, John Amadeo's uh, Last Man Standing, but he's going to edit one and get ABC to review it and give them their blessings, and then we'll have it on our on our archive stream again. Okay, great. Look forward to seeing that. Uh, how, how long will those be up there available? Uh, we'll just keep them on all the time, probably put them on YouTube as well. Oh, great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad you had a good show. Thank you. Well, it was a great visit to Dayton this year, Tommy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I'm already looking forward to next year. Yeah, and and I guess we should look at my favorite part here. Next, I'd like to bring up a familiar face in amateur radio. And we have with us George. You all know George. Smoking Sire, Damnation. George A. Thomas Jr., Whiskey 5, Juliet Delta X-Ray. And how many of you have seen his program? Either one of them. Is that all? The rest of you need to see this thing. This is, I mean, he has some great programs. He's sort of the red green of amateur radio. Great, great program. Anyway, he started out and actually is a broadcast engineer by trade. And I think you all know him. And without further ado, here's George. Thank you, Michael. And thank you everyone up here who uh, watches Ham Nation and watches my original program on the Logic.tv. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my partner, Tommy, with Amateur Logic, and my good friend, Bob Holland, who was in the West. He you know, takes on the whole group. I don't know what to say, but I wish that we could give an award to Dayton for the best Thank you. Thank you, George. Congratulations. Special achievement. Congratulations again, man. That was great. Well, thank you. You know, it, it's, it was unexpected, and I'm honored to receive the award. And, 
it'll be nice to have it sitting up here on the bench next yeah. month. You're not going to wear it around your neck? Well, yeah. It's pretty big Pretty blanket. heavy, yeah. Yeah. I may have to do some back <laughs> and neck exercises first to work up for it. Uh, well, we had a great time at Dayton this year. It, it was so much fun. We shot some other footage, too. We had a couple of things that just didn't turn out. Uh, one was an interview we did with uh, Ted Randall, who does the QSO radio show, and uh, we had some audio problems. So we're going to try to get Ted on with Skype and uh, see if we can't can't do that again because he he was real fun to talk to. Yeah, the other one was uh, Qatar Amateur Radio Society. Yeah, we've tried to salvage it, but uh, we uh, we may or may not use that in a future episode because those guys were were really nice. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. I'm I'm pretty disappointed. I, I think we had a cabling problem or something. Yeah. With the mic, but. but we learned one important lesson, didn't we? Yeah, headphones. Yep, got to have headphones when you're out <laughs> shooting something live that you can't uh, can't repeat. Yeah. Uh, but we did shoot a couple of other things that uh, you'll be seeing in some special shows coming to the future. Uh, one was the Voice of America Museum. We went by the Bethany Voice of America site and got some great footage there and uh, a private tour and we'll be bringing that to you in the future. And we also got another one, didn't we? Yeah, we went to uh, WL, WL and yeah. uh, saw the, the transmitter, 500,000 watts. Yeah, the, the one built in the 30s. Yeah, that's incredible. Both of those places were just awesome. They, they were worth the trip to Dayton. Uh, they were, and they were only a few miles from each other. So if you're ever up that way, you definitely want to stop in and, and see both of those. Yeah, they, both of those have some cool websites, too. Yeah, now WWL, I don't know if you can get tours on that on a regular basis, but the VOA has tours, I believe it's every Saturday, but we'll be giving you more information on that in the special VOA show that's coming up. Well, Tommy, what do you say we clear the bench here? Yep, I guess it's about time, isn't it? Yeah, do you agree, Peter? Yes, somebody's going to win it. Yep, and it can't be us. Tommy was saying that he hoped it's the guy whose call letters are written on yeah, top of this Yeah, that is. Uh, otherwise, somebody's going to have to apply for a vanity call. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's just tell you quickly what we've got here. It's the uh, ICOM IC7200, courtesy of ICOM. And he, you've seen it before. We've talked about it a lot. It's probably the most rugged uh, radio of its class that's out there. Going to be great for field day for someone. Yeah, custom paint job also complements the Giga parts, right? Yeah, it's going to be in olive drab green like this one right here is, or it's going to be in uh, Vietnam era camouflage or, or digital camo. Yeah, the the new digital camo like she uses in the desert, and uh, or a nice radio. We've got a power supply there with it. That's the uh, MFJ uh, MV. What is that? I don't have the number written down here. It's the only power supply that's this small for a switching supply that can put out enough current to, to power an HF rig. Yeah, it's a cool little supply. And we've got some antennas for you here. We've got a Radio Waves DX80, courtesy of um, Gigapart. And they also threw in some guy rope here. Yeah, got some rope here to suspend it to, from the trees. Uh Mastrant, I'm probably saying that really wrong, but this is some cool, strong, really fine little rope. It is for, for something that small. Uh, we don't know if it's squirrel proof, but uh, maybe Tommy will get yeah. some in the future and yeah, we can well, uh, do some tests. They've been working online already. Yeah, and MFJ also is throwing us in another antenna set up here, and that's this big ear antenna. 
You remember the uh, we've shown that to you. It's got the 18-foot telescopic whips, two of them. Uh, it's got the mount here, and as well, it's got a coil on it. Yeah. So you can work uh, 80 meters on up with this, and it doesn't require a ground system. So great field day set up here for someone. I believe I covered everything with the exception of uh, a couple. Uh, MFJ is also throwing us in some coax for this, uh, some RG8X. And Heil Sound is going to throw in a ProSet 3, uh, Bob's new uh, stereo headphone that's that's good for using with your amateur radio or listening to music, yeah, too. Yeah, those sound great. They do sound great. So, Tommy, let's uh, do the drawing here. Uh, after we uh, culled out the duplicates and, uh, and the spam and stuff, we came up with, oh, I don't remember how many, a little... Uh, a little over 1,500 valid yeah, entries. Between, yeah, between 15 and 16. So let's uh, get our final tally here. Looks like we've got 1,540 entries. We're going to random.org, and we're going to get a random number between 1 and 1,540. Looks like the winner is 1,394. Let's see who that is. Jeremy Reese, N8YP. Escanaba, Michigan. Hi, Jeremy. This is George with AmateurLogic.tv. How's everything in Michigan today? Uh, it's really good, George. i got a three-day weekend, so that's a good start. That's great, Jeremy. We're going to try to make it a little bit better for you. Well, it's not April 1st, so I'm hoping it's good news. We did the drawing for the AmateurLogic Field Day contest, and you're the lucky winner. Do you plan to do Field Day this year? I, I don't have a reason not to, no. That's incredible. Well, we don't want to, but we're going to box up this ICOM 7200 and all the great accessories from Gigaparts and MFJ and ship it out to you. <laughs> no, that sounds incredible, George. Thank you very much. I see you're a big rail fan. What other things are you into? Well, I, I also do photography with the railroading, and I, I use my radio to chase the trains. And uh, I also do uh, radio-controlled airplanes. So it's all kind of radio-related, but... It uh, keeps me outside a lot. So. Well, maybe we'll catch you on the air during field day. Thank you very much. I'm really excited. Well, we hope you enjoy this great field day package. I, I, I'm sure I definitely will. That's quite the package. 73, Jeremy. Thanks for watching AmateurLogic.tv and entering our contest. 73, George. Thank you very much again. Well, there you go. He seemed mighty excited to me. Thanks to everyone that entered, and especially thank you to all the vendors that supplied prizes for the contest. Well, he's really going to have a great time for field day this year. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of envious. Uh, maybe we can catch him on the air. Yeah, it's going to be June 22nd and 23rd, so uh, get out there and participate in field day this year. I'm, You know, Tommy and I had talked about it, and we were tentatively planning on maybe going back out to the woods or something, but I'm going to be out of town that weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame, but uh, going for a family trip, right? Yeah, going out to see my uh, son and his family, my grandkids and all. And uh, we'll, uh, we're also going to do a little field day activity, though. I'm on a visit with the Clear Lake uh, Amateur Radio Club in Clear Lake, Texas. And uh, they're holding it at uh, the Johnson Space Center. Oh, that should be fun. Yeah, so the NASA club's going to be there, too, and hopefully we'll get to see how rocket scientists do it. Oh, that should be pretty impressive. Yeah. Do you know what you're going to do yet? Well, I've got a, I've got a plan. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and say what it is. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. If, I, if it works out, I plan on it. Otherwise, I'm going to go visit uh, 
JARC and hang out with those guys again. They're always pretty hospitable and uh, yeah. have a good time with them. But I'm planning on taking the solar panel stuff that I just showed you earlier and my extra 857D and stuff and going out and uh, setting up and running totally off solar power. Yeah, you ought to get up with Wayne and uh, take his uh, homemade outpost out Yeah, there. I may give him a call and see if he's uh, already got plans. Or if he doesn't, uh, maybe I can uh, talk him into coming with me. Yeah. Well, Peter, any uh, final thoughts from down under? Well, uh, just uh, congratulations again to our winner. Um, you're going to have a, a lot of fun with that uh, with that setup, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see you next. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, next month uh, on the fifteenth, as usual. Okay, thanks for being here with us, Peter. Tommy, I almost forgot. Let's give away one more prize here. Remember, we did that last time. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Construction HF wire antennas from Jerry Buston. This is a cool book. I've got one of these. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I'm sorry only one person can win the field day package there, but somebody's going to win this book. Let's just pick out one more number for that. 217. Douglas Mark. Another extra class. Douglas lives in Davison, Michigan. Wow, man, Michigan's cleaning up. K8QDP. Congratulations, Douglas. We'll be getting this book out to you next week. So that's it for this month, and uh, boy, a great time in Dayton. I hope you enjoyed watching some of our escapades there and visiting with some of our friends. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, if you didn't get to go, uh, maybe that uh, gave you a little sense of what's going on. Yeah, and why you need to go next year if you possibly can you got to do it at least once in a, in a ham's career. Yeah, the bad thing about it is if you do it once, and well, really not bad. It's, well, it's kind of like thing. Lay's potato chips. Yeah, you're going to go back because I, I just can't even imagine not going back next year. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to remind you all the, the amateur logic resources. There's going to be a net, and I can't see the calendar from here, Tommy, but it's going to be Monday night. The 17th. Uh, that sounds close. Yeah, because I'll actually be on the way to California. I'm not sure if I'm going to be on it or not. Okay, that'll be on Star, Do Drop In Star, or node number 355-800 on Echo Link. And we want to thank Dave and Steve and all the guys at Do Drop In for running our monthly net. We only do it once a month. We do it the first Monday after the show's released. Yeah, they do a great job on that. Appreciate yeah. that, guys. And where else do they need to check online to learn more about us, Tom? Man, we are everywhere. We're on uh, Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. Check us out on there. We're on Twitter, at Amateur Logic. And we've also got a pretty active Google Plus group now. Yeah, it's, it's getting started uh, pretty good there. And we're waiting to see what uh, Mike Morneau posts uh, pictures of us next time. <laughs> Photoshops. Those are so funny, man. Yeah. And remember, you can watch Amateur Logic on Roku. You can get downloads from the website. You can get it from iTunes. And don't forget our wiki. And YouTube. Uh, and YouTube, yes. And probably two or three other places we forgot to mention. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, check out the wiki. Dan does a good job on that, and that's amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. Yeah, that's Dan in 9 LVS. And I guess that's it for number 55. Boy, what fun we've had, and we're really looking forward to seeing you all again next month, and we don't know what we're going to do. And uh, <laughs> well, Business as usual. Business as usual. <laughs> <laughs> all right, 73, everyone. Yep, yeah, 73. 73s.
We need to start over because I didn't realize we'd started in. You know, we're talking about the flea market and the treasures we got. Man, I got. We want to pull everything out. Yeah, you said it way back there, didn't oh, I? 